Good evening, everybody. <laughs> this is the Creative Brother, and I want to thank you for listening in. I did say evening because I have been putting this podcast together for a couple of weeks now. A couple of weeks. Podcast number 28. And before I start talking, let's discuss the title. <laughs> Should be interesting. <laughs> Uh, here's the title. I've never been called the N-word to my face. <laughs> Is that a title? I've never been called the N-word to my face. Let's discuss other common American folklore and myths, shall we? <laughs> oh, boy. That's the uh, title. <laughs> Now you're wondering why? Why that? What? What? Where is this going? <laughs> well, this episode is going to be about American folklore and myths that we see every day here in this country. Now I have people who are listening in from Sweden and Norway and uh, the UK and Hong Kong. Thank you guys. I know who you are. Thank you. <laughs> Matter of fact, to my Norwegians and my, to, I just saw uh, some stuff today about this uh, person that called himself a specialist. So do I. <laughs> it's an interesting article. But let's talk about this because um, this is going to be fun. This is just clearing up stuff for people. I like doing this because, you know, I'm a data scientist, a computer and data scientist with, with field experience and you know everything with nuclear so I, I call myself a hardcore computer dude and go, you know, climb inside of anything, come out dirty and go write a program or whatever. But one of the things that I find interesting is that the everyday person does get caught up in myths and folklore. And if you listen to my podcast episodes, I have told you how I how I love myth, uh, mythologies, you know, I, how I grew up on that. And <laughs> but not the kind of myths we're talking about today. So let's get started. Thanks for listening. Um, here's my intro. I've only been called the N-word by other black people. I'm black, in case you didn't know that. And I've never allowed that to the point where I pull out my Jim Bowie. <laughs> Tell you, don't you ever call me that again, Auntie. <laughs> No, my aunts didn't. No, we don't talk like that. That's another myth. People don't, most black people don't call themselves the N-word. Like you see in movies, that's offensive. You don't do that. Now, do people do it? Yep. Do they do it around me? Nope. Mm-mm. So, what I want to do is I want to talk about uh, uh, other myths and folklores that, you know, so-called history. It's not history. It's not at all. It's myths and folklore. And uh, we shouldn't allow it. Just like I don't allow black people to call me the N-word. The last one that did it was a cousin. We were, he was about a year younger than me. And I don't know, seven, eight years ago, we decided to have a little Saturday family um, get-together like we had growing up. And we invited this particular side of my family, you know, the my father's side. And whoever showed up in the park, we paid for it all. You know, paid some good money. I don't know, a couple of grand. And when we were out there waiting on the vendors to show up, he used the word. And I said, what did you say? I looked at him, you know, and this is when I was packing around 240, you know, and not fat at all. No jiggly, none. 
This is Arnold Schwarzenegger, school of lifting twice a day. I looked around, I swung around and I asked him, what did he say? And boy, he did that, um, he did that uh, Omega thing, like a dog. He tucked his tail in real tight, put his head down. Cause I was getting ready to crush him before everybody showed up. <laughs> I was getting ready because he, he's the cousin that always, you know, the one you grew up with that always, he was the youngest in the family of six or seven children and just was spoiled. You always wanted to pop him in the mouth. He never grew out of that. You still want to pop him in the mouth when you see him. I don't see him much. But yeah, that's the last time somebody pulled that nonsense. But other than that, I have never been called the N-word in my life and by anybody other than black people. So it's just a myth. Where every time I see someone on TV goes, you know how black people, um, you know, we know what that means. I'm like, no, 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 don't put me in your pot, buddy. I don't know what that means. Mm-mm. What are you talking about? Speaking for all of us. What kind of nonsense is that? <laughs> so the point number one is not all black people have been called the N-word by others, but people other than black people. And some black people have never been called the N-word by, even by black people. So, yeah, it's a myth in folklore. That's a fun one. I wanted to get that one out. You know, maybe all the other ones are not quite as, they're good. Actually, they're all good. Because <laughs> you can pick from so many of all the folklores and myths that America has. And I'll say this. The thesis that I have is this. I'm skipping my load. You know, I write stuff down. I prepare this stuff. This is just not me talking. Well, it is. But it's, you know, I'm the creative brother, right? So I have a method to my madness. I do numbers. I don't speak numbers a lot because I don't want it to be that kind of podcast. But I did some numbers today just for a little bit. Okay, and one of my points. But there are many American myths that just won't go away. Mainly because someone's always perpetuating them to the pro or to the con, right? And we're going to get in some of these. I think I've got 10. So let's hurry up because I don't want to be here all night. I'm doing this to this evening because um, it's Olympics week. And I, for me, I'm an Olympics guy. I mean, really, I'm, I'm into athletics. And that was my thing. I played all the sports in school growing up and then tried to play two in college and, you know, two or three. But... Ultimately, I'm an athletics person, and I watch the Olympics. I watch all of it, archery, boat canoeing, you know, bug zapping, all of it, towel throwing, (laughs) goat milk drinking, all of that. So I just took time out this evening because I'm getting ready to watch some more here. I just, you know what, let me do this tonight before um, I get going with the Olympics, because it's been ready to go for a couple of, I don't know, a week now. So... Point number one, not all black people have been called the N-word. Okay, just stop. Here's a point number two that's close to it. And this is based on, uh, this is just another big myth about America. That it just needs to be, right now it's happening. This myth is being dismantled right now. It's a huge myth that needs to come unbuckled from the pants. (laughs) It just does. It will help so many millions. It will help many tens of millions of people if this myth would be shot and buried. Here it is. You ready? Point number two. There are more poor whites than any other group because there are more whites. Period. 
in America. That's a huge one. Focusing on percentages is just what the people who try to argue. Oh, well, you know, there's lower percentages of our group. Hey, ask the the people who are in the percentage or who you're talking about. Do they care about that? You know, do you care that you're one of the 9% of whites that are poor? Screw you! You got a check? What about my governor? He canceled my, my unemployment benefit. My $300 a week. You think they care about percentages? Mm-mm. That's just splitting hairs by the people who would argue to try to win a point, right? So here's where the numbers come in right here. <laughs> just I, I finished this up and I said, you know what? I have people who are smart listening to my stuff, you know, and they want to have, they, they need numbers. They don't, they need some numbers, you know? They need some numbers. And so here it is. 90% of whites are poor, considered poor in this country. Okay? And that's 236 million uh, people as of the 2019 census. That's 21.2 million poor whites in this country. Now, I don't give a crap about percentage. 9%? What does that mean? I have always thought about this, you know, as the creative brother. Like, how are people uh, allowing these things to be perpetuated? They're just not the the real truth. Um, The greatest percentage of people who go after health and human services benefits are whites. Because it's just more whites. You know, more, 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 more. So the perpetuation that America is such a thing as a particular thing that has been sold up till now, oh my goodness, it couldn't be more wrong. Now with blacks, there's 8.91 million black, poor black people. Come on now, look at the math. 21.2 poor whites, 8.9 million blacks out of 41.9, so basically 42 million, okay. And then Hispanics, 17.2%, you know, uh, poverty rate out of, um, 60.5, 60.49. I think that's off, right? <laughs> that's off by about 10 to 20 million. But that equals 10.4 million uh, poor Hispanics. So just to do a little bit of math, I stopped. I didn't get a chance to do. I see now nah, I didn't finish doing um, uh, Pacific Islanders and Native Americans, but they're going to be smaller numbers. So... We, we really got to stop this, allowing this thing about America as a bunch of, you know, really successful white people. Oh, my God. No, it, it's the biggest group of poor people. And imagine if you're in that group and you're being sold on success. You're supposed to be successful. And you're in this 21.24%, which is, you know, what? 21.2 million no, well, how many was that? I had the number right. 21.2 million people poor in the whites group. Our 9% poverty rate. So if you're one of the 21.24 million poor whites, you don't give a crap about percentages. You don't give a crap about that message that you're hearing about, you know, white people being successful, blah, blah, blah. It's not true. It's the biggest group. 
And, you know, being a data scientist, I'm always looking at data. You know, I was just telling a friend yesterday how at NASA, I could look at data, I could look at numbers and tell you stuff. And, oh, it just turned. And I was facing a different direction. And when you look at, I was looking at an article yesterday about how they knew how the space station had been flipped 540 degrees by the Russian space module that had just landed. It, 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 it powered up uh, by itself. And then they had to flip it 180 degrees to get it back in the right uh, position, you know. And uh, they, somebody saw two lines of code and realized something was wrong, you know, you know. And I thought, I used to be able to do that. <laughs> I used to be able to do. Wonder do I still have those skills as a data scientist? I mean, looking at some at some numbers and wait, wait a minute, we it turn blue. It's not red anymore. Oh my God, we used to be able to do that. Okay, so point number two, we're leaving that behind. We here's why I bring this is important. Because so many people in this category, in the poor whites community, are just left behind. Now, I know some people are thinking, you know, black people, you know, the, the toxic moral grandstander types. We don't need to worry about them. Why not? Toxic moral grandstander. Getting left behind is getting left behind. I don't care who you are. Right? So a lot of those insurrectors from the data scientist position, a perspective, they were left behind angry white males. The largest group of, uh, you know, home terrorists, right? You're in an alley. You got a white guy, an alien black guy, and some creature-looking thing standing in front of you. The data says the white guy is the one that's going to kill you. You need to run from Jason, literally. Get out of there. Run to the run to the other people and run together. Hold hands and get the hell out of there. The white guy's getting ready to kill everybody. That's what the numbers say. They do. Okay, they just do, my good white friends. <laughs> Point number three. This was important to me, and I wanted to slip this one in. It's kind of why I did the podcast, because I didn't have any other place to put it. <laughs> so I created everything else around it. Isn't that funny? Uh, not really, but kind of. Point number three. Moving up, quote, and then end quote on the other side. Moving up in life does not mean moving out of the area where you're from. Make that area better. Now, the vast majority of people live in non-subdivision type neighborhoods, right? Where you don't have, you know, these subdivisions with the homeowner associations and the duck ponds and the developed stuff. That's not all over America yet. It's pretty dense. But it's not everywhere. And so, to me, especially black communities, I'm slipping this one in because I'm doing stuff myself. I've dedicated my, um, from 59 onward, to um, what I call RERE Properties. That's the name of my business. RERE Properties, R-E-R-E. Redevelop, rehab, renovate, rebuild, you know, RERE. And people tend to, Oh, I gotta, you know, now I'm moving up. I'm gonna move to the, the subdivision with the homeowner association in the duck pond, in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the house too big and too square and cost too much. <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm going on the warpath to, to sell to everyone. And this is not just black people. This is people who just come from communities where, you know, 
They need to re-re them, right? Renovate, rehab, rebuild, redevelop, all of that. They moved to a newer neighborhood where everything's already built up and you had a Starbucks around the corner from your house. Yeah, I've done that. I still, I've got some stuff now. And, uh, but I'm moving up, moving back. I never moved up from where I'm from a small town. I moved out because I had to get closer to where I, where my stuff was, you know, where I was living, where, where I uh, worked or whatever, you know, but, um, I went to school or all of that. I didn't move up by moving out. When I'm asking people who are listening and this applies to everyone, not just people of color, whatever, Move up, but don't move out. Stay there. Make that area beautiful. Be part of that. Isn't it nice when you're part of something you can point at and ride by and go, you know, I was over here when they put that thing in right there. When they put it in, I was right, I was still over here. You know, tear that house down. Go buy a property, tear it down. If it's in a neighborhood that's challenged, needs some re-re, go tear it down. Build your house. Make Make your stuff nice. Bring up the values around you. Okay, enough. I can talk about this all day. Mm-mm-mm. So, yeah. Point number four. American dreams come in many forms. Find yours. Don't worry about the next person. People are, you know, every day you cut the TV on if, you, if you're young enough. I'm at 59 now. I don't want to watch Superman, Batman, any other super whatever. There ain't no Superman. There's no such thing. It's all in the movies. There's no one coming to save you and swoop down and pick you up and give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> not happening those are only in the movies and I'm tired of seeing you know just not enough diversity uh, represented in um, storytelling I'll put it to you like that storytelling needs to be more diverse okay well who needs to do it storytellers quit waiting on folks to give you a check you got to do it before you get a check <clears throat> I'm actually saying this because there's a young lady that works at my grocery store where I go around the corner from my home. I, there's like eight of them I can go to within, seems like, 10 miles. All of them nice, too, right, but overbuilt. She went to college. She's 24 now, if I remember. She went to college and for writing and, you know, and all of that. Wants to be a, you know, writer, you know, like writer episodes and stuff, right, you know, write TV stuff and all that. And uh, she told me that when I was checking out. And uh, so I told her, I said, you know what? Um, okay. I said, I have issues. My issues are is that I want people to do better. And when they tell me that they want to do better, then I start screwing with you and poking bears and stuff. And, you know, you might not want me to do that. So I'm just not, when I see you, I'm not going to bring up again what you said. I'm just going to look at you like, if you say something, I got something to say back, but I'm not going to say anything. I said, those are my issues. I have issues. I, I, I have issues. Oh, I really want encouragement, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, wait till you see it. It's been about a year, year and a half now. I just saw her for the first time in about six, oh, longer than that. But I poked her. I poked her. Gave her all kind of ideas, especially when COVID first started, about writing stories. Gave her some stuff about writing 1917. My grandmother was born in 1917. In the middle of all this nonsense we're going through now, she was born in, in Spanish flu, okay? And I told her, why don't you write a love story? Since she was kind of leaning towards love stories. I'm like, ugh. So we're not doing Star Trek in 1917, huh? <laughs> okay. 
So I told him, well, how about a love story in 1917? You're black. It's COVID. I mean, not COVID. Spanish flu. You got, you're not that far removed from slavery and all of that. And that nonsense. And you found love. How about that? You can put history around it. Oh, sounds good. I'm like, oh, sounds good. It's not saying yes. Okay. So then I saw her the other day and I poked the bear again and I told her, I said, you know what? I'm not your dad. So don't get, you know, but I'm not some man trying to hit on you either. But I'm not your dad. I'm not here to placate you. I said, you told me you wanted to be a writer. Make that happen for yourself. Before you, and I told her about my mother who started, who had four kids before she was 23. She's one of those fertile chicks, right? Boom, boom. And she went from checkout lady at 24. She was class valedictorian with a big brain, big men's and brain. Ended up retiring at 55 from an oil, an oil company, fully funded, ready to go. Then I told her, you got to get to where you want to get while you're young. This is to the young lady. Make your um, reality yours. Don't worry about other people's dreams. You focus on your dreams and you do it your way. Take it from other people, but do it your way. And uh, I'm pulling for her, just like I'm pulling for anyone that's listening. No matter how you are, you know, you got some sort of dream at night, you go to bed, man. I don't know how you're getting up in the morning if you can't, if you're not working on that sucker. Work on it a little bit at a time, okay? Point number five. The American success story is a sham. <laughs> it's a sham. Okay, I'm not one of those conspiracy theory types, theorist types. I have done well in this place called America, and I'm still cooking my bacons, still doing stuff. Actually, when I get done, I hope to, you know, still be working on stuff one day. They pile me up, they peel me off the sidewalk. He was working on the next one. Okay, but our entire system and mechanism was designed for certain groups for a, a certain group, I mean, we took that S off, for a certain group and against all others. I'm sorry. Sorry, folks that are listening. This is just the truth. Take off that fake Superman cape. Okay, let me say it again. The American success story is a sham. Our entire system and, mechan- and mechanism was designed for a certain group and against others, period. The system helped millions and held back many millions and held many millions back. It is nonsense to suggest otherwise. Now I'm 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 summarizing all of this. We ain't gonna get into details here, but let me tell you why I say this. Now remember, I'm selling the businesses. Good old Americans, right? whole lot of baby boomer, white male baby boomers that just can't seem to keep politics out of their mouths when they when we're talking business. And it doesn't bother me because I'm an independent voter. So, you know, you're not talking about my girlfriend. What do, we, what do I care? You're discussing somebody else's, you know, stuff. But what I've heard too much of over my lifetime, and that's a long time, 59 and 8 months now, is how this success we you know, individual, you know, my family, blah, 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 this and that. Oh, wait a minute. The system was designed for you to be successful, buddy. And a ton of people didn't make it, but you're leaving stuff out. You started off on second base. 
That's what the government did for you. The American federal government just has just lavished money and benefits on one particular group since it formed the government in 1700s, okay? And at the expense of all others. And so those that would criticize black people, you just remember this, listeners. 1865 is not when 1868, that didn't free black people. We couldn't even, black people just started to be able to get money to borrow, to buy houses and stuff in black neighborhoods in the last 40 years, 30 years. I'll say 40, let me see, in 2021, 30 years. And still in many of those neighborhoods, it's still not together. Appraisal problems and the whole thing. So, point number five, the American success story is a sham. I'm just going to stop right there and leave it all to you to imagine from there, listener. (laughs) It's a sham. It is totally a sham. Just the process of getting a mortgage has been a sham. Redlining and all of that. Shameful. Anyway, point number six. Let's move on. This is something I talked about in my other, in some of my, in one of my other podcast <clears throat> episodes, when I talked about the sheen. You know, when you spray something shiny on some wood. You know how you, I have good, I have bass guitars, right? I don't have many. I have the one I started off with, cost 110 bucks. I got a little one, just to see what it's like to play a little one, a little short scale. I don't like it because it's got feedback. And I'm, yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm, I'm saving it for my granddaughter. A grand. I think I'm gonna have a granddaughter first. So I'm saving it for her, you know, so we can play it together and she can be uh, her own person when she gets to be 10 and be a, be a guitar, a bass guitar paying fool. Then I have my, my Yamaha. So I have my guitars, you know, and all of that. Um, but they're, they're shiny, you know, they, they're all wood and they, they're all, she have sheen on them. They have, they're shiny. And the sheen is coming off the American success story that's been told and what we are wa- we're watching the demise of the republic as, as it was sold. And now, listeners, something else is brewing and developing. Not good. I'm going to be honest with you. On point number six here, I decided to leave this as one where I can just tell you, I don't know where it's going. I have a good idea as a creative brother based on, you know, data and doing the things that I do, right? Um, I can tell you that we're not going to have a, dem- a, dem- a democratic republic the way we see it now. We're not going to have that in the far-flung future. Okay? Point number t- uh, which point number nine is going to talk about something that's going to get you in the right place, I think. But no, this democratic republic is turning into something else. The sheen is coming off. And um, it's because if you look at where we are now, Uh, Let's just take the infrastructure legislation. I'm 59 with a photographic memory. Okay. The Republicans are not going to do a deal. They're just stringing the Democrats along. Meanwhile, all of my customers are just waiting with bits in their mouths, foaming at the mouth in in the gates, waiting on that stuff to come out so they can go and we can all do cement stuff. Cement. I can sell cement blowers until I can, until I puke. Literally, I've been there until I puke. 
good times for all. They're not going to do it. They're just p- politicians trying to win elections. They, are, they don't care. They don't care. Okay? So this gets us to point number seven. <laughs> America is not this whole U- USA, United States of America. It's, it's a fraud. It's a fraud. We are not united. That's a fraud. I don't know what else to call it. USA. Just America. Just, I don't know. It's not the USA. Most Americans are not united. Here's what I say about this. This is me as an independent voter and me saying this because I don't have any, I don't have any fight in either one of them, right? Um, one party wants, or won't, one party is about us while the other is about me. Let me say that for you again. You may have not thought about it in quite as simple of terms as I am putting it for you as the creative brother, right? <laughs> One party is, is all about us. We're, we're, we're in that place right now, us. Let's all get some shots. Let's all take care of the folks that don't have uh, jobs because they lost them to the COVID economy shrinking. Let's all take care of the seniors, you know, and add some SNAP benefits, you know, extra SNAP benefits so the seniors won't go hungry, those that can't afford, you know. Let's all, let's, it's all about us, us. Now it's infrastructure. Let's take care of our, of our infrastructure. Let's take care of our children. Let's take care of us, our future us. While the other side says, I am doing great. <laughs> I want all of you to take you for you to be successful. I want you to find individual success for yourself. I want you to get off your butt and quit taking those $300 and extra benefits, even though you've never, you hadn't had a vacation ever in your working life because you don't make enough money to take one. And they don't get, they don't pay vacation at the restaurants where you work, or at the childcare center where you work, or at Amazon where you work, or at the school where you do where you cook the food for some subcontractor. And you don't work for the school district; you work for the subcontractor because they outsourced it because it costs less money, and they can you know lay all the blame on the subcontractor, right? Don't pay any retirement benefits to the black people who work for uh, everybody that works there is black. Let's not give them benefits. Now, some of you are going, oh, I've never heard the creative brother talk about talk about things like this. Well, you haven't heard all the podcast episodes. <laughs> you, just, you just must just chirped in. You just chiming in. Now, I have 20, 28 episodes. Yes, I have. I'm just the creative brother. I'm not a you know, I don't have a shell in the game politically. You know, I wreck the, the I wreck both parties based on who what I'm trying to achieve. Okay, so let me end point seven for you. Who wins in this? Who loses? Okay, who wins and who loses? Listeners, I want you to remember, I am the oldest child of four from a mother who was a Menzen mother who didn't know that, who had me at 16 years old in 1961. 
You got that. No matter what I do in life, that is a fact. Jack, Jill, and the aliens. And I speak for single mothers and parents and grandmothers who take care of their grandkids everywhere. I speak for people who go from zero to 100 or 50 everywhere who get up and go to work and do all those things and move themselves forward and try to think about things in a a smart way and, you know, do mostly the right thing. You know what I mean? Um, I speak for those folks, but, you know, I'm not all about this nonsense about these myths and folklores. Okay, number eight. We're almost there, folks. Children are our priority. No, they are not. That's a lie. <laughs> Children are our future. No, they're yes, they're our future, but they're not our priority in this country. Heck, no. You know what, listeners? I haven't cursed yet, huh? I'm gonna see if I can make it all the way through. <laughs> I'm probably gonna screw it up now, but. Children are not our priority in America. Adults are the priority. Remember, you have politically, you have a ton of people that think about us. And then you got a other half, pretty much, pretty close to it, that think about me. What can I do? Well, you know what? How does that not get transferred down into the personal Right? How many kids? How many kids are you seeing jammed in the back seat of a sports car, sitting sideways because Dad's got a Porsche? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know who that is, what his, what his or her party are, but how many children are you seeing in these ridiculous cars, where you know it's not a family car? They jammed in the back. You know, hold on, baby, we're almost. Hold on to the groceries. <laughs> Come on. They are not our priority. You know why I say that? It's the creative brother. I wrote down a ton of... All of these points are well-researched. They ain't just written down for your pleasure in entertainment. It's research stuff. This stuff takes weeks. All of it. (sighs) (laughs) Let's just take the American tragedy of kids getting shot at school. Okay. Every week. At least one kid gets shot at school. Two across the world, more than that across America. Okay. And the politicians don't see fit to come up with legislation to fix it. I talked to a Republican recently, um, and they Republicans love me because I just listen. And then I, I I do the FBI negotiating, you know, hostage negotiating stuff on them. They don't know it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm trying to learn. So I just let people talk and then I, if I have time. And then I'll go. Huh, seems like this or seems like that. Then I'll get deeper. I'm trying to, you know, get to the essence of why you feel you, you know, the way you do. And I'm trying to compile the amount of times I've heard this. And now it's a trend, right? But children are not our priority. And Cullenbine and the rest of these um, examples are, are the shining examples of why I say that. You know, we are, our children are not our, our priority. If they were, all of the anti-vaxxers that are also parents wouldn't be anti-vaxxers. 
Now, listeners, I get a chance to sneak in some stuff right here, too. This is good. I almost forgot it. I didn't even have this written down. My brother, I get with the middle one, the one right after me. Well, two and a half years, you know. He is a uh, needle. He has needle phobia. Needle phobia. My mother told me like around six when we all went to get our shots for something. He ran. He bolted out the, out the clinic. Or out the room where we were in the clinic. And I guess he was going to run out the building if I would have, if he could have gotten away with it. I think he did. But she told me, you better go catch him or you getting one too. Or I guess a whooping or a spanking or something. I didn't know what that was. But I'm also thinking, what a mom. You know, what mom of the year, right? And I, I called him and brought him back. And I haven't called him because I know he's going to avoid the answer like the plague and not want to answer it because he hates my memory. He hates the fact that I can dredge up stuff and he, he can't remember it, right? <laughs> he's, he's four or something, you know, three and a half, baby, barely able to run. But I guarantee you he still has not taken his shot because he has needle phobia. And a lot of those anti-vaxxer types that are, they're not admitting it. So listeners, here's what I want you to do. Unless you're one. <laughs> you're one too. Ask the people in your lives that you know haven't had shots. Ask them, are they, do they have needle phobia? And do you need to go with them, you know, down to get the shot and hold their hands? Well, you might not want to say that last part. Because <laughs> that'll piss them off. Oops. That's not a cuss. That's not a cuss. You'll, you'll offend them. So don't do that. But yeah, make fun of them about having needle phobia. So, no, kids are not our, you know, kids are not our priority. Number nine, China is our future. You got that, listeners? China is our future superpower. And the politicians are going to make them into our mortal enemy. And we're the ones that made, made them into what they are. Well, not what they are. Yeah, what they are. We're the ones that enable them. We're the enablers. And now you can't come around and say, oh, you know, um, they're this. No, they're not. Here's what I was trying to do years and years ago. And I don't know where it is. I have it somewhere in one of my boxes. There was this poem that I, I, I thought I needed to keep it. It was a, is it a poem or not really a poem, but it's more of a, a soliloquy. I don't know what you call that. But it talked about how the people, the poor people from one town, served the wealthier people in another town. Every morning they got up and caught the bus or whatever they did to get over to the other town and provide maid services and, you know, uh, home maintenance services and, you know, inside and outside, cook your food, take care of your kids, all this other stuff. And then they took that money back to where they were from on the other side of town or to the other town where they lived next door. Over time, that town became more fruitful and more successful because they took those dollars out of the, the area where they, they were generated and over to the other place where they enriched those people. And eventually, they became more successful and wealthier than the very people who they served. Now... Many, many, many years later, I, I guarantee you, I have that poem somewhere. I keep stuff like that. I just 
have to go through a box. But I was looking for it online. I couldn't find it. You know, maybe it was just a little too important to me and not important to other people. But that's the story. That's China, listeners. Okay? That is China. They are our future power, superpower. That's why numbers, point number six is so important on when I talk about the sheen. It's coming off of the American story. And we're watching the demise of the republic, of the, the democratic republic as, as it was sold. China is our future superpower unless America, cha- unless Americans change their way, what we're here. Stop listening to the folklore and get on board and go and create a new America. It has to happen. And then here's my last point. This podcast is a little long today, but you know, it might not even make it to, you know, you're hearing it (laughs) because I don't like to have them 40 minutes, but it's, I'm liking this. Here's my last point. And this is a fun one for me because I've been watching these protesters, the black ones and the other ones too, but it's for the, it's for all people who protest. This is for you. But especially so for the black ones. Because <laughs> I, I have a special thing against just going out with your placards and standing up and protesting. And here come the TV people getting some free stuff for the, for the news. Oh, we have something for tonight. Oh, my God. I thought I was going to lose my job. Okay. So protesting is a constitutional right. But you need a permit. <laughs> you need a permit. And some action after. Here's why I say that. Jesse Jackson, y'all know who he is. Maybe, you know, the old civil rights activist. You know, I don't mean it with disdain. I don't. But he practices the old school stuff. You know, running that old, you know, it's like the guy from the uh, the major leagues. You know, he's, he's 40. He thinks he can play ball the same way he did when he was 21. Come on, man. You know, you got to change some stuff. And he got arrested the other day protesting. I don't even know what the guy's protesting. You know, these other black people, these congresspersons and stuff, they're going and getting arrested, going inside of a building where they can just get arrested. I'm here to protest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. Now you can arrest me. And I'm like, what the? That's That's not a good use of protest. So... I was in the NAACP in college for a year. We brought back the NAACP to North to what is now the University of North Texas. That was um, '82. It was different times, and I remember I had a lot of fun because you know a lot of girls. You know, you know. You, oh my god. Anyway, but I'm all about action. So I helped bring it back. And once I got it back, I was like, okay, I'm I'm here to go to computer school for computer science and then engineering. I don't have time for you know maybe play some ball and stuff too if I can you know. Get done with. Anyway, I didn't have time for all that other stuff because it was just nonsense. The folks that wanted to run it. So I'm all about action. Today's protesters are doing it wrong. That's what. That's my message. Your protesting needs to be about what you what you want people to do. You point out what's wrong. First thing you do though is you go get permits, <laughs> so you don't get arrested. What's the point of getting arrested? You're doing the MLK stuff. Stop! Running the same same stuff. 
I think there's some new books on how to do protesting. You can listen to my stuff. Protesting requires permits. Go get your permits. Protest and then call the news stations out and all that. And have them come out and do all your we shall overcome nonsense. Okay. But then tell people what you want them to do. Action oriented. We are protesting whatever. And here's what we want to see happen differently. Here's our plan. You know, we it's going to change. But here's what we want to see people do. And then ask for some money. I never see them ask for money. What, 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 what are you doing? Don't you need money? Don't you have some sort of go for, GoFundMe thing or something? So you're doing it all wrong. Don't forget, I'm in sales. Ask for the deal. Don't walk, don't get up and walk out. Okay, well, you think about it. No, you, we walk in. First thing you say when you walk into a, uh, to a situation, do we, are we going to get a deal done today? And they go, well, we haven't even talked. Then you go, well, you know what, Paul? I know I don't need to. So I'm coming in to ask first. The last thing is first. Do we have a deal already? Because I'm not going to sit here and blow it by talking. No, we don't. Okay, well, let's sit down and get going. Doesn't that make sense, listeners? Now, remember who I am. I'm the creative brother. (laughs) I'm supposed to be helping you. Not just yapping. So you start off from the back to the front. You ask what you want from the back. Bring it to the front. So first thing you do, we need money. Here's why. We're here to protest. This, 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 and this. Here's what it's causing. Or here's what it's, here's what the problems are. Duh, 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 duh. And then you go back again and ask for money again. And with that said, we're closing. Here's how you summarize. You do the Navy the, the, the uh, Navy SEAL PowerPoint presentation form of doing it. Here's how you do it. Tell them what you're going to say. Say it and tell them what you said. Here's the summer. Wake up. Things are more serious, listeners, than you think. And also not, right? Because we're all going to die. And some of us might die before, you know, the, you know things kick in, right? <laughs> so we, some of us may never see the sheen come completely off of America. We're like, oh, it was coming off, but I died or whatever. But it's coming off. A lot of it is off now. So at the end of the day, you know, there are many American myths and folklore stories that just won't go away because people keep perpetuating them. Not all black people have been called the N-word by others other than black people, maybe, and maybe not even by them. There are way more poor whites than any other group in this country, period. Focusing on percentages won't do it. Split That's just splitting hairs. Let's focus on poor people. And, right, and taking the boat up. How do you do that? Norway, Sweden, all the Nordic countries. They've done it. Why aren't we listening to others who have figured it out? Moving up in life does not necessarily mean moving out of the area where you're from. Make that area better. Okay? And remember, your American dream is your own. You can take, you know, you can take clues from others. You know, I, there's a couple of guys I... I listen to when it comes to playing the bass. I like their style. But when I got into some of their stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, well, he and I are different. You know, here and there and there. I'm not a slapper. I don't like to slap. I think slapping's for percussion. That's the percussion beat. Psh, you're taking their beat. So, you know, we, you, you, when you get inside of people that you want to 
you think are your hero. You get too close, you start smelling the deodorant. And then you go, oh, wait a minute, that's too far back. Create your own American story for yourself, okay? But understand that the American story, success story that has been told up to now is a sham. It's a sham. It is a sham. People coming up to me, yeah, my family, you know. Oh, man, your dad got that mortgage, huh, when he came home from World War II, huh? My grandpa didn't get that. And he started a business, had money. What about your dad or your grandpa? Mm. Okay, point, the sheen is coming off. Most Americans are not united. One party wants us, what's best for us. The other party wants what's best for me. Who wins, who loses? Children are not our priority. All these stupid TV uh, commercials with kids running around, they pale in comparison to the amount of show, amount of commercials about somebody buying a Lexus or some house or a watch or a Peloton, you know, riding. Okay, Peloton. What do you see in Peloton? Adult riding the bike. What's the kid doing? They run in the room. Get out of here. And they run out. <laughs> Do you see commercials about mama Mama spent $2,600 on the kids? Mm-mm. Well, you see one. You see one commercial about parents spending $42,000 on their kids. Disney World. Okay. <laughs> That's it. China is our future superpower. They already are. They already are. Ten years from now, we're all going to be hell in China. Not me, because I like them. You know, I like them. Their human rights abuses are no worse than ours. <clears throat> Not any worse. Okay. And uh, what's number 10? <laughs> Protesting is a constitutional right, but you need a permit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you need an action plan for what you do afterwards. Listeners, if you listen to this one, you must be on a train or somewhere where you just have a little bit of time or you broke it into two pieces. Let me tell you. I really, really appreciate that because this one had to run long. It just did. Couldn't run this one short. I want to thank you for listening. And I'm not going to have any more for a while because my work, my, my development stuff is getting busy and really busy. And I got stuff to do and then I have to make time for these. So I probably won't have one until after Labor Day. So we're talking about this is August the 2nd or the 3rd, maybe. So it's going to be a while. So I will talk to you soon. You take care.